to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, saddle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Well, well, well. Hello, everybody. Hopefully everybody's having a fantastic Tuesday, January 17th. NFL moves. We have some uh, assistant coaching decisions being made in and around the league. It is the 17th. Officially, you can interview coaches or... Yesterday, today, have officially completed our interview with Sean Payton. Anyway, we'll get into that here as well. 800-998-1003 is the way to chime into the conversation. It is the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. And um, you can give us a call there and give us a buzz and give us your thoughts on the question of the day. We'll hear from the Professor Nick Harrison here shortly about that as well. Plus, we'll talk about Pelicans last uh, yesterday afternoon taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers led after the first quarter, led after halftime, led after the third quarter, and the fourth quarter happened. An 11-0 Cavaliers run started out things uh, in a direction you didn't like, and Pels wind up losing in the game 113-103. As head coach Willie Green said afterwards, they simply ran out of gas. We can talk a little bit about that here as well. Christian Clark's article, I know the professor touched on it yesterday, he spoke a little bit about, or he wrote about Brandon Ingram and when we're going to get him back and stuff. And look, uh, the premise is simple, right? He's a player that he's a max player, somebody that's a face of the franchise. He's missing a lot of games, though, because of injury. So we can discuss that as well, if you like, as the Pels get back to action tomorrow at home for a game against the Heat. Then they go back on the road, take on the Magic and the Heat, and come back home for four. Um We'll get into that as well. Coming up on today's show, 1230, Luke Johnson will join us as we talk about the Saints. Um, Mickey Loomis yesterday saying that, oh, not yesterday, but he said last week, if you remember, that this is the week decisions would be made on staff. He came out last week and said Dennis Allen's back as head coach, touched on a couple of other, um, you know, Things that have to do with the team and all. But he called about, uh, he, he, you know, talked about whether or not there were going to be any staff decisions that would be made, you know, this week. So the NFL um, has a lot of different moving parts, obviously, right? With the teams that are looking to replace assistants, Teams that are looking to get head coaches and interviews, as we mentioned, the Texans yesterday said that Sean Payton um, interviewed with them. And it's one of a couple of teams that are interested in them. Now, yesterday, Sean talked on Colin Coward's show. Again, I told you he's a Monday guest. So he was in studio with them, and he specifically mentioned the compensation plan. And the compensation plan is a very interesting sort of, I I guess, divulging information or or not. But when you look at what he said, it was a mid to late first round pick 
is what he said he thinks the Saints' compensation will be. Well, obviously he would know, right? I mean, what it's going to be. Maybe he's had conversations with Mickey, things of that nature. So I guess what I'm getting at is when you listen to that, it kind of goes in line to what we were talking about last week, that the team is going to get a first-round pick, but at the same time, you see a situation where you're not likely going to get that number two pick if it's the Texans. Likely 12. Remember, we touched on that. And you look at the Cardinals, the three overall pick. Likely not going to get that. Again, I'm just going by what Sean Payton said, the guy that's, you know, negotiating his new deal to whatever team's going to go. So we can touch on that with Luke Johnson coming up at 1230. 105, Ali Cosell will touch on the Pelicans. And then also coming up at 115, Corey Glore, a massive game coming on today for Tulane as they host number one Houston. Green Wave, nice start to conference play and uh, their season as well. It is a sellout on Ferret Street. So that's big. And then, again, facing the number one team. I was texting Todd earlier today. Uh, former voice of the Green Wave, Memphis, back in the day, was a team that was number one and came on back in 2008. They were number one, and uh, they had Derrick Rose. You might remember him, and Mem- Memphis had a, a good game, and uh, they beat Tulane. But this is a big game, big game on campus for them, and, again, seeing that sellout is pretty good. Tulane so far in conference play, lost the conference opener to Cincinnati. Then they beat Memphis. Then they beat Tulsa. Then they won at Temple. Then they won at SMU uh, last Wednesday. And then recently on Saturday, they beat Central Florida. So when you look at conference play, they're 5-1, and 12-5 and five overall. It would be massive, right? Obviously, if they could find a way to beat uh, the Cougars, they're pretty good. So... We'll talk to Corey Glore about that coming up here at 115. 800-998-1003 is the way to chime into the conversation as we bring in the professor. Sir, got to use you on the phone today. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm very proud to finally be on the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic phone line. It takes me back in the day <laughs> when I was a caller. Yes. <laughs> yes. It didn't work for the station. Yes, literally. You're, 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 on, uh, you're on the phone. Yeah. Um yeah, my, my audio cable will be able to use you on, on my setup over here. It's at the arena. I thought I brought it. It's not here. So <laughs> so there you go. That's why you don't hear any sound right now. And uh we'll make it work, though. We'll be fine. So, look, I'm watching a game last night, and it wasn't nearly as close as the games over the weekend. And I know you talked about the weekend's games yesterday here as well. But yesterday, uh I don't know how else to look at it other than it was a beating, right, between the Cowboys and and the Buccaneers, 31-14 was the final. Tampa's offense just it, it couldn't go anywhere. And obviously Tom Brady is a big focus in that game, as as was Dak Prescott. Can he step up to the, the moment, the game, and things of nature? And that's fine. But with Brady, obviously it's his future and what he's going to do. And he said afterwards, look, he's going to take it one day at a time. He's going to give it some time. He's not going to make the mistake he made last year where he was like, I'm done. And then uh, he realized he wasn't. So the speculation has begun. Is it Vegas? Is it another team? Or is it no team? And he goes to Fox as he already has that 
broadcasting deal in the works, ready to go. Look, Troy Aikman said it yesterday after the broadcast and on Scott Van Pelt. He looked like a 46-year-old quarterback. That offense didn't get going. Um, but it's interesting because, Nick, I, I, first I want to start with this. The similarities between Tampa this year and New Orleans are a lot when you think about it. Injuries, right? They had their all-pro center finally back yesterday, but he missed the season. They missed. They had essentially three offensive linemen gone most of the year, so their offense didn't go very well. They couldn't run the football, and their offense just didn't look anything like it had in the past despite having some of the same players on there. I mean, I know they didn't have Gronk, but I don't think he was the sole reason that offense didn't get going. They, like the Saints, went the route of elevating the defensive coordinator, Todd Bowles, to head coach and making Byron Leftwich, hey, it's your offense. Like Bruce Arians was the play caller, right? He was the guy, um, sort of like Sean Payton was here. And, and I just look at those similarities, and it's interesting because, again, like most of the regular season, I saw people that covered the Buccaneers. And, Nick, it was tweet after tweet. Is Leftwich getting fired today? Is he getting fired in the locker room? Is he getting fired at halftime? No one that covers the Bucks thinks Byron Leftwich did a good job from the offensive coordinator position. There was a dismissal as an OC today. It was not Pete Carmichael or Byron Leftwich. It was Lombardi of the Chargers and the quarterback's coach. Yeah. So I take that, Nick, as the Chargers are staying with Brandon Staley. It's Even though he was the play call and everything, it's Lombardi that is going to pay uh, the price there. But, again, if I'm a Saints right. fan, hearing that, seeing that, Two things stand out. A, that means Staley likely is staying. I would take that as. And that takes the Chargers out of the picture. And then, more importantly, if I'm an up-and-coming offensive coordinator, if the Saints do choose to part ways with Pete Carmichael, I don't know who the quarterback is here in New Orleans. I know it's Justin Herbert in Los Angeles. That's kind of a big move from a Saints perspective. Yeah, it's... It's a lot to take in today. Somebody had to take the fall in San Diego, and uh, since the players, including your young quarterback, Herbert, come out and say that they want Staley stay, then somebody's got to bite the bullet, and it was your OC and your quarterback coach. Mm-hmm. Byron Leftwich is all but gone because, again, somebody has to take the blame because, you know, I was uh, up early this morning watching all the talk to Ed on TV, and Shannon Sharp made an excellent point Uh you know, he said that Byron Leftwich was going to get fired because nobody is going to put the blame on Tom Brady. It's just not going to happen. And although they should, because Troy Aikman is absolutely right, he does look like a 46-year-old quarterback. Yeah. He did look like an old man out there on the field trying to get it done against a much younger, much faster team mm-hmm. uh, that has been better all season long. Look, I don't know what Tom Brady is going to do, but more than like, I, I, if I were him, I would go back to my supermodel ex-wife, grovel, <laughs> beg. Somebody posted the scene from Happy Madison, yeah. uh, Happy Gilmore, uh-huh. uh, excuse me, this morning. Uh, uh, you were right, I was wrong. Uh, uh, you were smart and I was stupid. Gotcha. Just do, just do what you got to do mm-hmm. to get back in that house. <laughs> go take that job and pop. They're building and a brand new house in Miami, by the way, which a lot of people think that uh, Roy's Miami Dolphins may be a fit for him as well, Roy. I don't know if, how you feel about that. And that's, that's more news uh, that has come out today that maybe the Dolphins will take a run at him again because they tried to take a run at him 
uh, not that long ago, mm-hmm. and uh, they may try to get him again. Heck, if uh, Brock Purdy is still going to be your guy in San Francisco and you don't have that kind of faith in him, maybe you get a one-year rental out of Tom so he can retire with the team that he grew up idolizing in his youth. I mean, the the, the possibilities for Tom Brady right now are out there, but can, it's up to him. What Can you still do the job? Like, can you go out there? Because he's looked every bit of his age this season, even though he had his Tom terrific moments from time to time. Saints right. fans don't know all too well about one of those moments from this season uh, where he had another one of those epic comebacks. It's like, but can you do it again for another full season and at a level that is satisfying to you? Because if you're a guy who people look at as the GOAT and you've got all these championship rings, why are you going to come back and desecrate your legacy by being a shell of your former self right. uh, for one more last ride? I mean, I, I, if I were him, I'd want to go out on top. This is not going out on top. And it's just he I, – I, I don't know. But it, it, it all kind of goes into our question of the day. I, you know, one of the other things, too, I was looking at, uh, Nick, was – Watching that game seemed awfully familiar, you know, the last couple of games with Drew and especially that playoff game where you just – if you have to have a lot around you that elevates you and that, if that offensive line can't protect you and you can't run the football, it's just a lot to ask. Look, Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, if we would be talking after their game, Nick and I said they had 66 passing attempts, you and I would be saying that's a lot for them. That That's, that's a lot. I mean, that – that is an exorbitant amount. Now I understand it's because you got down early and stuff, but you just you don't have the running game as a weapon, and, and that's just hard. I think with the things around him that work, you you can, but he can't elevate people. And that's what we saw with Drew. Can he still be accurate? Can he still read a defense? Can he still make the right decision sometimes? Yeah. But then you also saw that interception in the end zone and had a chance to make it a close game and keep it a close game early, right? In, in that first half, yeah. and he threw a trying to throw it away, and he threw a pick. I mean, we saw that with Drew there. Toward it. it just is, it's it's farther time, man. It's undefeated. And I think you saw that. Another interesting development today: the Cardinals have announced that they have hired their GM. They're actually had their presser already, and it's Monty Asenford. He comes from the Patriots. Michael Bidwill, the owner, says the Cardinals interviewed seven candidates for general manager. "Quote: We will have a new coach in a matter of days." Look, the Cardinals are a team that expressed interest in Sean Payton. There's a relationship with Sean and Bill Belichick, right? And yeah. you wonder if... I've always thought wherever Sean's going to go, and he keeps saying it over and over again, the importance to him is the triangle of leadership. Ownership, general manager, and head coach. So i got to imagine who the GMs are these teams, or if he picks or he can work with them, is a key point. And the reason I bring up the Patriots connection is because he's... He has a relationship with Belichick. We've seen this team trade, practice together. I wonder if he has a – I don't know. I don't know if he has a relationship with Monty Austin Ford or not. Um, I, I Not coincidentally, just one of those things that happened. I was in the quarter Saturday for an event, and I literally saw Bill Belichick down there. So I don't know if he's hanging out here. I don't know if Sean's here or not. My my point is Sean was in uh, L.A. yesterday on Coward Show, so I don't, I don't know if he's staying at Sean's place so they hung out or not, but – Bill Belichick was here uh, Saturday in the quarter. I saw him. Um, but it's interesting if there is a connection with Austin Fort, the GM, with the cards, but it's interesting to hear the cards owner say 
They're going to have a coach in a matter of days. Got to read the tea leaves, man. Like, where's the where's the Cardinals pick? Do you know what number it is? Well, it's number three, but no, Sean Payton yesterday on the Coward Show says, he right. flat out said, he believes the compensation for the Saints will be mid to late first round. That's not number three. And that's yeah. what we talked about last week, a lot of people said, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, that could be him trying to throw people off the trail. I don't know. Uh, you know, the Texans have already uh, – conducted their interview with Sean Payton. He went in and got that one out the way. You still got Carolina left. Yeah. Uh, you still got Denver left. So you still got a couple of interviews to knock out, and then you have you have to wait for the other shoe to drop for some of these other teams that have not fired their head coach as of yet. Now, we've heard people say that they don't know if there's going to be a lot of firing of head coaches, uh, at least right now, in the league. So it's, it's a waiting game to see what jobs are going to be available. And at the end of the day, I said this yesterday, Sean Payton, is the decision is ultimately going to be his to say, what if I don't want to go to any of these teams? What if this isn't the situation that he wants right now? He want, Maybe he wanted to go to the Chargers. The Chargers aren't getting rid of their head coach, so maybe he's just going to wait on that job. You know, what if Staley isn't going to be the guy next year? What right. if he goes next year and doesn't do well and then they end up getting rid of him and then that job becomes available? So, I would not rule out Sean Payton just waiting it out one more year on him. I, I was I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you that. I wonder if he does come back. I wonder if he does come back. Hey, give us the question of the day, sir. We'll continue our discussion here on the other side of the break. Okay. Uh, question of the day on sports hangover is, was this a good year in the NFL? Was the NFL good this year? This simple, plain question. Do you think the NFL was good this year based off of what you saw from all of the teams in the NFL? Uh, you can give us a call on the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic phone line at 800-998-1003, or you can hit us up on the Twitter page at ESPN Radio Note. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the time. We will uh, chat with you here in about 30 minutes or so. We'll chat with you a little bit longer, see um, what kind of responses to that because I think there's some reasons and, and I that's why I'm, I'm bringing it up based off of what we saw yesterday and really this season but we'll do that here in a little bit. Luke Johnson bottom of the hour, that's the professor, Mr. Nick Harrison your phone calls and the phone lines are open 800-998-1003 it's the Sports Angle on ESPN New Orleans Balance. You may know what that word means, but can you apply its meaning to your body? You see, it's all about the brain. At Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic, doctors work to locate and remove any nerve interference so your brain can communicate clearly with your body and help you correctly heal quicker. Located in Lakeview on West Harrison, Dr. Josh Roulette and his team at UCFC utilize a number of therapies to make your road to pain relief, recovery, and total body wellness efficient and effective. Go to ucfamilychiropractic.com for more information. Educate yourself on your body and let us get you back to balance. It's Friday Gras time and Joe's Septic Contractors would like to let everyone know that there is still time to call in your orders for portable toilets and hand wash stations. You can order two, three, six, ten, and 18 stall restroom trailers. From everyone at Joe's Septic Contractors, have a happy and safe Mardi Gras. Call 985-632-5592 or visit joeseptic.com. Mardi Gras Day! Oh, wait. 
When you're shopping at Rouse's Markets this time of year and you walk past the bakery, it smells so good. That warm smell of gourmet cinnamon dough is Rouse's Markets King Cake Dough. Rouse's Markets bakes their king cakes fresh throughout the day. The whole bakery just smells like Mardi Gras. Get your Rouse's Markets King Cake in store or ship anywhere in the continental U.S. at Rouse's.com. There are so many flavors to choose from. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Water safety tips from Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. One, always designate a water watcher when children are in and around water. Two, wear your life jacket when on a boat or near open water. Three, remove toys from swimming pools when not in use. Four, empty all blow-up pools and buckets of water when not in use, as children can drown in as little as two inches of water. Five, check the water first if a child goes missing. Six, stay off and away from the rock jetties. And number seven, swimming lessons can reduce drownings by 88%. Learn to swim. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003 in the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. Uh, don't forget, Dr. Josh Roulette over there at Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic. Give him a buzz. Mention the show. You get 10% off of all the services, including Lakeview Massage and Therapy. Go to lakeviewmassagetherapy.com as well. Go check them out. I went there this morning to start uh, my day off right. Got a solid birthday massage. It was excellent. So... Go ahead, mention the show, get 10% off. Um, LakeviewMassageTherapy.com is the website. You can see the list of menu of different type of massages they got and everything. It's awesome. So I'm watching the game last night, and look, again, that playoff game wasn't where the other were this weekend. And you had some some close games, right? Ravens-Bengals, 24-17. Unbelievable, the game changes on... You know, Huntley trying to sneak it over the top, and, I mean, it's returned 98 yards for a touchdown. Bengals could have lost. Giants and Vikings, heck of a game by Daniel Jones. And the Vikings unable to muster more than three points in the fourth quarter. Dolphins and Bills, Roy, your team put up a fight. Look, again, when you see these divisional games, you kind of figured they were going to be close. Chargers and Jags, I cannot believe that, L.A. lost that game. <laughs> I, mean, I can't. Trevor Lawrence still four TDs in that game. And then Seahawks and 49ers, 41-23. Brock Purdy, 332. Three TDs. So a couple of things have been standing out, not only in the postseason, but in the regular season. The reason I'm throwing that question of the day out there for you, and I want to hear from you, 800-998-1003, is legitimately, do you think, like, let's just take a look at the entire season up until yesterday. Has it been a good year? Like, is NFL football good? I'm not talking about the ratings. I'm not talking about what Comrade Goodell and the league's able to get for their TV rights, right? We just saw the Sunday ticket going from direct TV over to YouTube, $2 billion. We saw that. The Thursday night package, Amazon, billion dollars. I, they're, the ratings are there. Ratings outrate every other sport in America. It's, it's not close. We love our football, in particular NFL football. What I'm asking, though, is it is it good right now? I'm watching the game yesterday, and, and, and I was thinking about asking this question to y'all today, and I'm like, I don't 
really think it is. I'm not saying it's not entertaining at times, but I think there's some issues with the game. I think there's some issues with the product, to be honest with you. I do. I was going back and forth with Scott, John, and Raphael. We got a group text about this, and I asked them, do you think it is or not? I asked my group. Uh, I got a group of friends that we all chat most of the day on text, and, and everyone, everyone says no. And the first thing most people bring up is officiating. Officiating is bad. Look, yeah, you know, Bosa from the Chargers, and he got ripped for it, but he's still thinking the, the officials are out to get him, uh, that he's tired of an expletive of those guys. Officiating probably is on top of the issue of fans disliking what where the league is right now. You can't hit the quarterback. I understand why, because they cost the most right now, right? Everything's north of 100 mil. These super elite or brand new ones that are going into contracts are 200. I mean, Lamar Jackson wants north of 200. Deshaun Watson got north of 200. The trend is guaranteed money. So the last thing you want, if you're the Saints or any team that has a quarterback that's that expensive, is to get him tattooed left and right. He can't play for you. I get that. At the same time, I, I you saw it this weekend. I mean, the Giants had a roughing the passer call on a on a sack. That is a normal sack. You saw the defensive lineman spin around because he's trying to tackle Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins lands and rolls off of his left leg or thigh, roughing the passer. Like that, how many times did we see a game this year? I think also what to catch and what's not to catch is something as well. But I, I do think the officiating hasn't been good this season. And I understand it hasn't been good. Look, look, no one's ever going to be happy with calls, right? No one. Like, name me a game that you've gone to and you're like, man, that was a really well-officiated game. Like, especially if you're the home team or the visiting team or the calls go your way, right? You never like holding because it can be called every play. You don't like the pass interference, the hands to the face. I mean, some things are obvious and some things, yes, are called and should be. But I, I do think if I was to ask this, and I am today, it, do you think it's a good product? If you're leaning on the side of, no, I, I don't like some of these games right now, they're tough to watch. Look, I don't think we saw a lot of good football this year. Now, you can break it down specifically to certain areas, like Thursday night. Remember, the league cares about health and safety. Those teams aren't ready. You can see it. And if the games are, quote-unquote, good or competitive, it's probably because both teams are bad or they're having trouble scoring. So it's a low-scoring game. It's a one-possession game. But you can see it. Like, you can see it. I think quarterback play is another thing here to look at, right? The depth at that position. You might be able to get some depth at running back, receiver, some DBs. We've seen some great storylines here in New Orleans. We saw Rashid Shaheed. What a fantastic storyline from him, right? We've seen some running backs be able to step up on other teams, even here in New Orleans in the past. So I think you can do that. But at the quarterback level, man. Uh, you, you gotta have some talent there. I also think the coaching isn't as good as it has been in the past. I think a lot of these teams have hired 
analytic slash young, hey, trying to be innovative slash hung out, got coffee for a very good head coach, offensive-minded guy, and giving them the keys. There's a lot that goes into being a coach, much less a head coach. The really good ones, the one that win games, develop players, they're teachers, they're coaches, they're they're legit. Like I've said this in the past. When you go to Saints practice and when Sean was there, he is involved, involved intricately in that offense. One of the first things I learned in covering this team back when he first arrived, him and Curtis Johnson, the the just stipulations, just every route run a certain way. When your left foot hits on an out, when your right foot hits on an out, the slant, like the yard markers, everything, just sticking to it and and making it a point. And I think a lot of times you see, I think it happened in Cleveland and Baker Mayfield's first year out there as well. I mean, that guy lasted a year. How many of these coaches you see last a year or so are in over their heads? I mean, in Denver, they hire, quote-unquote, an offensive guy over there, Nathaniel Hackett, and they quickly realize within a week or two of the season, they needed to hire a game manager for him. That's head coach. Like, that's the CEO. That's the guy. Like, imagine that at the top college programs in the country. LSU fans couldn't stand it from Les Miles, some of the decision-making or, or you know, Ogeron. And Matt Moscona, if you listen to him in the afternoons, he constantly brings that up. You are a CEO. You have to manage a, a multitude of facets of the area there, right? Game, coaches, staff, players, on and off the field issues, recruiting. Like, you have to be capable of multitasking and doing that. That was the thing with Joe Brady. That was said at LSU. He didn't want to do any of that. He wanted to go do the play call and everything, right? That's why he didn't last in Carolina. It's it, it's harder to do. You have to coach these players. You can't just say, here's the playbook. Run this play. You can if they're very talented, can do it on their own, but more often than not, you're going to have to coach these guys. But I think officiating, I think talent level, I think coaching is down and poor at the highest level. I mean, you're seeing Dan Orlovsky two weeks ago posted videos of that Patriots game where the receivers were running into each other. You don't see that in some high school games here in Louisiana. That's the NFL, running into each other, blocking schemes. I mean, go look at what him and Baldinger put up early in the week after a game. The amount of bad coaching and bad football is astounding. Not knowing where to go on your blocks, just not making the right adjustments or decisions, play calling, philosophies. I mean, Olavsky's tweeting last night. The play calling for the Bucs is terrible. Like, and, and, and they're in positions of coordinators or head coaches. But I do think the product isn't good. I didn't even got to injuries. And a reason I think about that is the padding, and I can get into that later on in the show. But let's ask Luke Johnson his uh, thinking about that as well. Did he think this season's NFL football was good? Is it a good product and is he, is he surprised that here we are, Tuesday, 1231, nothing's been announced about the Saints. So let's talk about that when we come back. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans.
Let me guess. Unknown caller. You could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection. The latest innovation from Discover will help regularly remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data. And we'll do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. So you ordered a new air filter for your car. You try to install it, but it doesn't fit. So you take a little bit off the sides. Well, still doesn't fit? Well, you could try to sit on it. Or get it right the first time with eBay Motors Guaranteed Fit. When you see the check, you know that part's going to fit. Air filters, brakes, headlights, over 122 million parts. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors, let's ride. This message sponsored by the Louisiana Workforce Commission. My name is Stephanie Simeon. I am the Executive Director for the Workforce Development Board. We want our community back in Lake Charles. We offer a plethora of services, education, financial assistance, supportive services. We are here to put you back to work, Louisiana. Find out how the Louisiana Workforce Commission can help you at laworks.net. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. If I happen to be in an area where there was any type of bear mm-hmm. at all, and you were with me, Max, mm-hmm. and, and something was going on, yeah. I would try to help. I think if I had like a bat or something, yeah, you, yeah, try, you try what you can. It's something I could spook them. But that's why I don't do stuff like that. Why right. don't you, I'm not even putting myself in an area where there's a bear. GJ and Max, followed by Greeny. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Talker, ain't you? A man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. By Luke Johnson is the way to follow Mr. Luke Johnson over on Twitter. Covers your New Orleans Saints for the Advocate in Picayune. Luke, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing great, Gus. Thanks for having me up. So I asked uh, our question of the day here on the show for today is, do you think the product in the NFL is a good one? Was the football you saw this year good? What do you think? Uh, I mean, it's tough to say the Saints football was good, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I think they, uh, they, they did what they could do to try to win games this year, right? I think they tried to play uh, kind of a boring brand of football to do that. It's kind of what they've had to do the last two years, mm-hmm. um, just kind of relying on their defense to win games and try not to make too many mistakes on offense. I, I mean, that's not really exactly what I want to watch. Right. I, what about the league I, overall, I I, Luke? I, well, I think the, the league overall is in pretty good shape. I mean, you know, we saw some really great playoff games this weekend. I, mm-hmm. I mean, like high drama teams are racing, huge comebacks, you know, wire-to-wire, high-scoring affairs. Yeah, I think the league is in pretty good shape. Um, I think maybe teams have um, have started to to you know kind of find some balance in how they want to do this thing offensively. You know, we've seen that uh, rushing attacks kind of take a bigger uh, stage this year than they have in years past. Right. Um, you know, and it's not just uh, you know. I think some people were complaining about flag football. I, I, I don't think it's that out there. You know. Um, I think the league is in good shape. I think the Saints have some catching up to do to get uh, back to being an entertaining football team. That's interesting. I, I I can see what you're saying in terms of maybe do you think the gap 
has widened between good football and bad football, right? Um, because I, I think one of the things I, I just did a, a, an impromptu kind of, you know, group text survey to some people yesterday and today about that question. And I got a lot of no's. And I'm kind of leaning on that aspect from this, right? From these kind of things that stand out. Injuries, officiating, tackling. I think the coaching isn't probably as good as it has at high levels, whether it's coach or coordinators. I just look at a lot of what Orlovsky or Baldinger put up in different video breakdowns, and some of the stuff's astounding. Players running into each other, you know, play calling, things of that nature. And then, Luke, I think the talent level, you know, from from a certain standpoint, like there's you have the elite guys, but I think there's there's like a gap, huh? Overall, I don't know. I I, I mean, I, I think I'd probably have a hard time agreeing with that. I think the talent is as good now as it's ever been in the NFL, I, and I just think that's only the arrow is only going to keep pointing up, right? Um, you know, injuries are definitely a, a problem. I mean, we saw it firsthand with the Saints this year, um, and I think. You know, players are realizing they have a stake in this, right? And an investment, in addition to just being just concerned about their own personal health, which is first and foremost for all of these guys, right? But like, they also have to worry about how you know their future earnings are going to be impacted. I mean, these are guys that are making tens of millions of dollars at the highest level, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars at the highest level. Um, so, you know, I, I think injuries are concerning. I think they're going up. I think there's real conversations that need to be had about playing services and all that. Um, you know, I think there's there's an understanding that players are bigger, faster, stronger than they've ever been. Right. Uh, and, and that's leading to, to more concussions and more um, joint injuries and stuff like that. Um, but, look, I, at the end of the day, I, I mean, I think the product is still great. You know, and, and I, I don't think we were breaking down football as as obsessively as we were 20 years ago. I'm sure there were plenty of players running into each other like idiots 20 years ago. <laughs> right. Okay, like there was no Twitter for Brian Baldinger to just sit down and post 30 videos a day. Um, so, you know, we all like to like relive the old glory days. But if you put the 2022 Dolphins out there right now, they would smoke most teams from 2000 or 2002 or whatever the case may be. Um, they, they, you, these guys are all just, they're, they're more sophisticated at the, at the coaching level. They're more sophisticated at the player training level. Um, you know, it's, it's just, I, I think football is in a very good spot. And I, I think that the ratings would agree with me. Um, yeah, it's, it's absolutely King. Um, and I, I, yeah, I think people are probably frustrated with certain things for sure. They want it to be perfect, but, um, but look, I, I think I think football is in a great spot, and I think you know, we were just treated to a bunch of really good playoff games. That's kind of proof of that. By Luke Johnson is the way to follow Luke Johnson over on Twitter. Covers the Saints and the NFL for the Advocate Picky. And I, I, I think you could probably say maybe how your team's season rubs off on how you view it, right? I mean, I, the way you think Saints fans probably think that football right now isn't good based off of their team, and if you're a team that's been in the playoffs, it looks fantastic. Um, when we get to the Saints specifically, man. Uh, Mickey Loomis said a lot of different things back uh, last week when, when he met with the local media here. First and foremost, Dennis Allen's back, and then staff decisions will be made today. Are you surprised that it's taking that long? Do you think it's the due diligence that this team does, and do you think staff changes will come this week? We're now at Tuesday. Uh, okay, so I'm not surprised it's taking this long um, because I, I do think that um, 
you know, especially when you're when you're you know a, a building full of people at all that have all been working together for you know. I mean, even the the guys who have barely been there at all have been there for five years, right? Um, yeah, I think I think it's it makes sense for them to to take their time and to be um, level headed on this and, and not have a, a knee jerk reaction. Even though a lot of us are saying like, "Hey, this isn't a knee jerk. You've been seeing this for months," you know. But I think they they take the time to really actually evaluate things. I, I don't think there's any problem with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they're not really that far behind everybody in terms of like you know looking at coordinators and everything realistically they're gonna if, if they are going to have hires to make they're, they're gonna be talking to people in mobile in a couple of weeks probably this is that's kind of where a lot of those those decisions are made um so no i like it's not surprising to me i, I don't think anybody should have a problem with them taking their time um that said i, I do expect i do expect there to be changes i, I mean let's just be realistic about this here you know they, they went into last year thinking let's keep the band together let's see what they can do without sean payton around and it didn't work and um you know specifically on offense you know they had a lot of injuries on that side of the ball specifically they played 10 different offensive linemen this year i started 10 different offensive linemen i think they started uh eight different receivers you know, alvin Kamara missed a couple games they had a revolving door behind him um but you know the fact of the matter is, I, I mean they were they were not good offensively. It, it, pretty much any number you want to look at, they're they're worse than any year in Sean Payton's tenure. Um, there's there's got to be changes on that side of the ball. I, no question about that in my mind, um, and I, I think there will be. Um, but I, I don't think they should be. Um, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing that they're they're taking their time make these decisions either these are relationships they've had for a very long time it'd be um it just wouldn't be right in my opinion for them to to just set the snap of a finger season's over and be like you're fired right yeah. no it makes a lot of sense uh from that standpoint too and you have those relationships right and that's something that luke i'm sure you've seen with this organization they take their relationships seriously um with the people that they work with um variables is the word i keep using a lot when it comes to What's going to happen in the next couple of weeks or months with the Saints? And, you know, a variable is Sean Payton, right? Texans tweeting yesterday, they've concluded their interview. He's chatted with the Broncos owner. Um, it could be another team or two that's involved. They want some of the Panthers have asked for permission. But th- you saw the Cardinals today hire a GM that comes from the Patriots. And the owner, Bidwill, say, hey, we're going to have a, a head coach in the next couple of weeks here. I, I know, and I'm not trying to link dots, but I'm just saying I know there was a relationship with Coach Sean Payton, Bill Belichick. I wonder if there's familiarity with um, the new GM over there. But there's a lot of different variables, right, that that matter going forward with Sean. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, honestly, as soon as they put out that they'd already hired a GM, I thought that maybe uh, knocked them down a little bit in my Great. my personal rankings of of who Sean Payton might work for. Because I yeah, you know, I would have thought I would have thought that was one of the more attractive things about Arizona was that he could maybe have a hand in, in helping pick. Uh, a GM, you know, somebody who he's comfortable working with. Uh, I think they're the only out of the current teams he's speaking with. I think they're the only team that had a GM opening. I, I can't remember if the Panthers do or not. Um, I, either way, I you know, I think you know immediately after that that GM hire was made, you know, Sean Payton was the front runner for that uh, by Vegas odds, and then immediately let now now he's tied with Brian Flores. <laughs> you know, I just think. Um, I think that makes it a little bit uh, 
little bit tougher to envision him there. And, and I, you're absolutely right, though. I, I mean, there's there's so many different things at play here, both for the Saints, for Sean Payton, you know, and and all that impacts on uh, how the Saints end up building their roster. You know, will the will, will, if Sean Payton goes to the Texans and they get the number twelve pick, let's say, mm-hmm. right? I, I think that changes things. If he goes to the Broncos and they get the you know, the 49ers win the Super Bowl, they get a number 32 pick. That changes how you operate this offseason. Um, that's a big gap. Yeah, you can take the 12 pick and turn it into something maybe and, and, and maybe move up and get one of the top flight quarterbacks in this draft. I don't think you could do that with a number 32 pick or 28 pick or whatever the case may be. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, there's you know, it starts with Sean Payton and then everything kind of unfolds from there. And I'm sure um, whatever Sean Payton does land somewhere, and I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about him taking a job this offseason and not waiting until next year. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that you know, there are going to be some, some people on the same staff who end up going with them. You know, a, lot of these, a lot of these guys are under contract, but you know, they could be that maybe they won't be under contract. Right. I, you know, we, we, we still don't know exactly what the staff changes are going to look like. And, uh, and you know, maybe they're, they're hired into a, a, a bigger position than the current one they have. Um, so I think there's there's a lot of dominoes still left to fall, um, you know, and I expect to be very busy in the next couple of weeks. When it comes to the roster, speak with Luke Johnson, covers the Saints for the Advocate and the Picky Union. How how many changes do you really think? I, I mean, you heard Mickey say we're not at the blowing up stage, and I know a lot of Saints fans are like either blow it up or who's coming back and who's not. Michael Thomas seems to be a name that passes out um, or comes out a lot from Saints fans. I'm sure you get a lot of mentions in Twitter here as well with him. What do you make of the restructuring? Do you think it is a, a setting of, of the table for that to happen? Or do you think he comes back next year? Uh, you know, I, I answered the phone and put down uh, an, an article. I was just pre-writing for the event that they uh, they move on from Michael Thomas. I, I, I feel like it's, it's, I feel like it's a you know, pretty much done deal. And this look—that's just—that's just reading the tea leaves, right? Um, but it's—it's it's really, really, really hard to to imagine them going ahead to commit thirty million dollars next year, guaranteed uh, to a player who's played ten games in three years, right? Uh, and I feel a little bit silly saying that because you know when before they did the deal, I, I was like, well, I, I have a hard time imagining it. Playing it mm-hmm. elsewhere next year when they're not getting like any cap saving, um, but now you know they've already they've trimmed down his number by you know, fourteen million his cap number on this year, which is pretty much going to be what it is whether he's playing for them or not. Um, and it's just it's just a matter of, of whether that that thirty one million dollars next year comes into play, and that that's a little a little trickier, right? And I, I think now uh, you know that is absolutely just setting the stage for them to move on. Um, and uh, and I think that's going to be really really difficult if uh, Thomas finally gets healthy, and next year he comes back and takes a lead by storm in a different uniform. And you're right. like, you know, uh, we saved we saved you know a couple million dollars for that. You know, to watch him do that with you know whoever the team may be, 49ers or whatever. But it's, it's you got to kind of have to you have to make these moves sometimes. I think it's, it's coming. Yeah, to be interesting, especially, again, we're starting to see some staff decisions being made by other teams today. So this could be the time frame that if that happens, as Luke says, it's probably going to be this week or not. Hey, man, I appreciate the time for jumping on for us. 
Yep, my pleasure. Yep, for sure. Mr. Luke Johnson, give him a follow at by Luke Johnson. Covers your New Orleans Saints with the Advocate in the Pinky U. 800 998 1003 the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. It's open. Want to hear from your Saints fans, Els fans, NFL fans? Sports Hangover on ESP New Orleans. It's the start of something new sales event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with the Rams. Long-lasting new pickups are their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Making Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. After redshirting his first year at Ohio State, Joe Burrow spent the next two years as J.T. Barrett's backup. With Dwayne Haskins on the roster, Burrow didn't see much playing time and decided to transfer. LSU head coach Ed Orgeron zeroed in on Burrow and landed him. In his second season at LSU, Burrow led the Tigers to a 15-0 record, a national championship, and arguably the best season ever by a college quarterback. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. Teams that win college bowls have great recruits. And great recruiting starts with great conversations. That's why when you post a job for free, LinkedIn Jobs taps into a network of over 875 million professionals to find the right people for your role. LinkedIn Jobs helps you narrow down to only the most qualified candidates, which means you can start hiring the right people faster. Go to linkedin.com slash sports to post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. If your business needs serious hustle, our internet has plenty. Switch to Rev Business All Fiber Internet with fiber optic velocity close to the speed of light. Sign up and get three months free and 30% off. Build your plan at letsrev.biz. Let's Rev. Whoever said you can't have it all, never had internet that could do it all. Switch to Rev. No contracts, no data caps, no nonsense. It's the high-speed internet you need. Build your plan at letsrev.com. Let's Rev. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the Major League. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. This is the NFL product, a good one. Luke Johnson, kind of a little different than uh, how I view it. Saying, look, the skill level is still good. Could it be just what we've seen here locally? Can the Saints season sort of rub up? rub off how you feel um one of the other things though that i think it and i don't know how you fix this right locally with your team or around the league injuries i mean it's big isn't it it's big it wasn't just the saints missing and losing top players i don't know if it's that it's being looked at more taken more seriously or not level of concussions being up right but, Nick, as we bring you back into the conversation here, when I look at injuries, and, and, and you heard Luke say it too, players are bigger, players are stronger, players are faster. I also think, quote-unquote, the offseason doesn't exist anymore, right, Nick? I mean, you see a lot of people, you know, getting at it, working out, the recovery time, how much is that for those for your bodies to sort of do that? I think there's maybe something to that. And, again, I'm not a scientist. I don't know how you would study it or not. 
but I think the lack of tackling and physicality at practice and basically you're not hitting until you get to a preseason game, maybe that, I mean, again, I'm just speculating from my standpoint, but it would seem it's harder for your body to acclimate to that kind of pounding and physical abuse if it's not over a long-term time. It's sort of like, um, it's probably a terrible analogy, but like guitar playing, right? Like the calluses on your fingers or things of that nature where it kind of builds up over time. The first couple of times you're, it hurts or, you know, it doesn't feel good. I, I know, do you, do you, how, what, what do you make of injuries seemingly being higher than it has in the past? Or is it just that we're paying more attention to it? I, I don't know. What do you think, Nick? Well, I kind of go the way of Luke where, you know, players are bigger, stronger, faster. It's kind of the whole Zion Williamson complex of where you're so big, you're so fast, you're so strong that you play with reckless abandon and then you're going to get hurt from time to time. And I think that's kind of what's going on with the guys in the NFL. With the whole them not, you know, practicing over the summer or waiting until, like, preseason to actually get some live hitting in, that was something that the players were looking for at one point. You know, there were a lot of guys who would sit out camp but didn't want to go to camp. They thought camp was useless, didn't want to go, especially your veteran players who had the wear and tear in their bodies and were like, you know, I just don't want to go to camp. So you even have some guys now who sit out camp. With Tom Brady, did he play during, like, what, the last regular, the last preseason game? He sat out for as long as he possibly could before he had to come in and do his thing. Like, you know, you got a lot of players, especially your vets, mm-hmm. who sit out for as long as they can. So that contributes to a lot of players not doing camps, not, you know, practicing over the summer and waiting until the preseason to actually get some live rounds in, it just it, it it contributes to all of that. It adds to all of it. Uh, I I think that the NFL product is still good, but I think that it, uh, some of it is nostalgic. Like we remember being young and the NFL being way more physical uh, than it is now, and a lot more action. I guess kind of. Right. Uh, than what you see now in the NFL is way more offense-oriented. So you get the penalties. You don't get to touch the quarterback like you used to. You don't get to hit the quarterback like you used to, I should say. And is this not the same product that we remember from years ago? So the first thing we say is, oh, well, it's bad. It's not really good because it's not as good as we remember it being. But I, I think the NFL product is still good, okay. and there are some really good aspects to it. It just—it's not—it's just not—it's different. It's not okay. So, bad. so you're going with different, not bad, and and still on on. If you had to pick a side of a fence, you can still be on the on the good side. Yeah. Okay. Um. And I, I, I don't know. Maybe we we try to get somebody on um to study this. I don't even know who you would study. Maybe you get players from the uh. uh let's go back two three decades or, or something. But I, I keep. I just, if you Google photos of players, 5, 10, 15, 20, I did this one weekend. It just doesn't matter. Just type a player in that played 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago to now. It is substantial the lack of padding that players have. Like you can't, I mean, it, it's, there's no argument to it, right? I mean, back in the day in the 90s, in 2000. You had the shoulder pads. Yeah. I remember the 80s where you had the roll pads on your neck. You know, the linebackers warm and right. stuff. But I'm just talking your normal shoulder pads. 
were much whiter, protected more, was was more. If you look at yesterday's game, I mean, it's essentially tights all the way around. Now, I remember about seven, ten years ago when I was on the sideline, players openly talked about they were removing leg padding from their pants because it made them faster. They wanted to be faster. But, again, if players are stronger and faster, that collision, that contact on the thighs, the legs, the back, I just, I don't see you protected as much. That's just me. I mean, especially with these Nike jerseys, the way they cut, you're basically seeing the armpits of players. You never saw armpits of players back in the day, Nick. I'm not saying I'm focusing on armpits, but I mean, it's cut out. Like it is, you know, you look at Joe Burrow, it's just, I mean, you're, you are looking at basically I, I don't know what it's protecting, you know, whether it's the front of the shoulder, the back of the shoulder, the side. So I, I don't know if that's part of it. I do think that's part of it, you know, I, and I don't know. It, tennis a couple of years back was going back and forth, you know, do we mess with the strings on the racket, um, do something with the tennis ball because the, the serves in the men's game was just, I mean, it, it was just basically aces after aces, right? D- do you think the NFL needs to go back to, hey, we're going to require – uh, more padding, just thicker shoulder pads, more pad. If it, if it slows the game up a, a hair, it doesn't. Do you think that's a suggestion that the competition committee, the NFL, the medical community comes to uh, on that? Because again, I, and I don't know if that's an issue. Again, I'm just common sense looking at it going, it sure looks like there's less protection on you because it's actually kind of harder now to tell if the team is in pads or in shells. And back in the day, you could easily tell if a team was in pads or in shells. It almost looks like game day pads are shells for people that follow football know what I'm talking about here. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something that the competition committee, maybe something that the owners meeting, uh, they can discuss and talk about. But see, that's where it's really going to come into play. Like, the owners and the players have to come together and make come to an agreement on these kinds of changes and this stuff. And, you know, cause the players hold a lot more power than some people will really, than some people realize or can even fathom, uh, with some, a lot of these decisions, but the owners hold the ultimate gavel of, you know, what we will, what they will or will not do in the NFL. Uh, it's definitely something that can come into discussion because, they have to find a way to fix some of these things. You know, it took them almost no time to come up with a solution for playoff overtime that we have not seen as of yet, but we could because of the things that happened last year, especially in the uh, the Chiefs-Bills game. Uh, so they they have shown that they can come to a quick decision when it comes to changing something that, you know, makes the integrity of the game come into question. And if you're really interested in player safety, we've seen advances in uniforms and helmets and pads over the past couple of years in order to try to help with player safety because the league says that they are concerned about player safety. If you right. truly are, then look at some of these changes and see what you can do to kind of make a difference to not only make it safer for the players but also make the experience better for your fans to watch. Yeah, I'm with you. Like I said, it's, it, it's just I'm just trying to think of different things. Uh, the officiating, I know a lot of people said, hey, make them full-time. 
Uh, we, we've touched a little bit on injuries. Maybe um, when you hop back on, man, we'll we'll talk a little bit about do you think coaching is the same or better, or is it just, like you just said, different, right? More analytics yeah. and, and more of a certain way of looking at the game as opposed to, hey, we're going to run it twice and then we're going to pass it on third down. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. The game evolves. So I'm just kind of analyzing it and looking Basically, at it. Basically, Tampa's man. game. Tampa's play from last night. Tampa's playbook from last night. But let me just let's run it like five times and then throw it. Last I mean, night. dude, sixty-six attempts, sixty-six for Tom Brady. That's a lot. It's crazy. That's a lot. All right, crazy. bud. I uh, will chat with you next hour. That is the professor Nick Harrison. We come back, Ali Cosell. We'll right. talk about the Pels ten-point loss yesterday. What happened in the fourth quarter? What changes should happen? Are we starting to get a clearer picture? To perhaps what maybe they should do before the trade deadline. I'll explain when I get back. Sports Authority of New Orleans. As a parent, you know you can't prevent every accident. Play it safe with the right equipment. Add a mouth guard to your child's sports or recreational equipment list to help prevent the impact of a painful and costly facial injury. Mouth guard should be fitted so it does not misalign the jaw. Lightweight, strong, easy to clean, properly sized, covering the upper and lower teeth and gums. If your child does sustain a facial injury, seek an evaluation from an oral and maxillofacial surgeon. OMSs are experts in handling injuries to the face, mouth, and jaws. Learn more at myoms.org. The biggest names in sports are on ESPN Radio. Alex Caruso, Chicago Bulls guard. How much do you look back and say, boy, did they make a mistake deciding not to keep me on the Los Angeles Lakers? Man, we're, just, we're coming in with the fastballs right away. <laughs> That's how we do it. Talking with Joe Theismann. I want to ask you a question about a team I cannot stand, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. <laughs> <laughs> I think Notre Dame now is the last school standing. Probably wind up joining the conference. I don't believe they can stay independent. Mike Bellotti, former Oregon head coach, college football hall Famer. Well, you said my heart's with the Pac-10. My heart got ripped out when SC and UCLA left. Mike Leach, Mississippi State head football coach. Do you think we're going to get to a super conference here? I suspect we might. Do not ever estimate the role that jealousy and ambition plays in some of these decisions. And I'll probably get criticized for what I just said, which I don't care. The biggest names in sports come here. And it all starts weekday mornings with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. And continues all day. This is ESPN Radio. Your